Welcome to Coach Club Africa, the home of heroes without the headlines. I'm your host, Danny Den Hartog, coach of coaches and co-founder of Coach Africa. Coach Club Africa is the podcast that promotes and nurtures coaching made in Africa. This is a community of African coaches and leaders with one thing in common, the desire to grow their impact, influence and income so that this powerful intervention called coaching scales across a bold new Africa. Join the community by hitting the subscribe button and watch those episodes coming to your feed as soon as they are available. And in the meantime, come on over and follow me on Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn at Danny Den Hartog. Welcome everyone to another great episode of the Coach Club Africa podcast, home of the heroes without the headlines. And today I have a phenomenal guest. Her name is Vumi and Vumi is the chief executive officer for Hazet Consulting, which is a coaching and consulting firm specializing in commerce, acceleration, career coaching, women empowerment facilitation and training on the African continent with a presence all around, including Nigeria, South Africa, Botswana, Kenya, the USA, Rwanda, and with partners affiliates in Namibia, Ghana, and Uganda. Rumi has coached in multinationals such as Google, Opsa, Investec, Private Bank, Silica, FNB, Vodacom, and Anglo-American. She has previously worked with reputable multinational institutions such as Barclays, Investec, NetBank, and First National Bank and Vodafone. She is a very awesome coach and has carved a niche for herself in career coaching. And she specializes in different kind of coaching like executive financial, but also speaking and mentoring coaching. She's also an avid international speaker, having spoken in conferences, expos, and workshops all around the world, including on topics such as leadership, women empowerment, and conducting business in Africa. Finally, she is the host of Vumi and Vuv host women in commerce, as well as her, have her own regular career column in the business day and career radio slot in Botswana's Duma FM and South Africa's Kaya FM. I hope I pronounced these names correctly for me, but I really want to welcome you all. Great job. <laughs> Fantastic. I want to welcome you, listeners, and welcome to Coach Club Africa. Thank you so much for having me, Danny, and hello to your listeners. So, so for me, I would love you to share a little bit of your, your backstory because... I was, as I said, just offline before we started, I'm super impressed with all the awards, accolades, all the things you made happen. And you seem to be really a go-getter and um, just striving for excellence across the board. But tell us where, where did that all come from and tell us a little bit about your backstory. Danny, I was born in a township, which is, you know, I come from South Africa. So during a party, they separated black people, white people. And a township is where black people, most black people were sent to rural areas. So if you imagine like the typical image people have of dusty streets, 
poverty. That's where I was born. And I was raised by my grandfather. And my grandfather probably was the smartest man I've ever met. But during the time, he wasn't allowed to continue his education. So he had a fourth grade education. And he was an astute businessman. So he always like encouraged me, one, to get education, two, to get into business, and three, to always remember that I was almost the captain of my own destiny and anything was possible. My grandfather would drive around in our city and he would show me different parts of the city and he would make me believe as a young child I had traveled to different parts of the world. Like, oh, this is the big hole in Kimberley. Oh, you know, we're in Jamaica now. Or, you know, this is exactly what Zimbabwe looks like. So I used to think I'd been all over the world. So I thought the world was what I'd always lived in. And thus I thought I could travel the world. Thus I thought I could explore the world. And thus I thought I could become anything. And that's exactly what I did. I got scholarships, you know, able to study in South Africa, studied in Ghana, studied in New York, studied in London, and came back and I just, I gave it my absolute all. I think there was always a little bit of guilt that I had the privilege of education that the man I loved and who raised me didn't have. So I always felt the onus to work that much harder, to go that much further, because if he had that opportunity, I know what he would have done with it. That is super, super powerful. Is, is, is that what really drives you? It's a big reason why it drives me. You know, my grandfather always said, you know, we take our surname from our ancestors and we borrow it from our children. And you have to leave that surname in a better condition than you found it. So it's very important for me to walk into spaces, specifically being a South African of the history that we have, knowing that it was illegal for them to do what I do every day, walk into spaces, have education, run businesses. And there's also an immense amount of dedication in making sure that I give my children opportunities that I know I worked hard for, that I know if I don't do what is necessary, they could never have and comfortably take their place in the world. That's absolutely phenomenal. I would love to ask you, Vumi, when it comes to promoting what is great about the continent, what are some of the things that you see you're well-traveled? You've also seen the stereotypes that basically people have when it comes to Africa. So what are some of the things that you feel that are super unique and special and can be highlighted more by Africans? I think Africa's best export is our people. Mm. I really believe that. You know, I'm fortunate to work in Nigeria. We've got offices in Kenya. I do a lot of work in Uganda and Botswana, here in Southern Africa. And every time you land in an African country, an African region, there's something quite unique about the people, how they approach things, the spirit of entrepreneurship, the spirit of hustling, which is all about, and the spirit of living. I think Africans have been able to really, really encapsulate the art of living. We care about our families. We care about having great connections. We enjoy weddings and parties and we dance. We It's part of who we are in our DNA. So I think the one thing I, want, I would want people to know is how great the people are. And I also would want the rest of the world to be very aware of how innovative Africans are. You know, I live in South Africa. We were, you know, the first people to create prepaid airtime. There was no prepaid airtime. It came out of South Africa. Here we are now, we've got, you know, cardless withdrawals. 
And the West tends to, when they see Africa, think very archaic. They seem to think, oh, no, no, we're very far behind in technology, not really realizing that some of the most disruptive technology in the rest of the world is coming from the continent. And for me, I would want people to be aware of that. One, how important and incredible the people are. And then the second would be an understanding of how innovative the continent is. Not everything is perfect, of course. Not everything works on the continent. But the people's ability to be creative and finding solutions, I think is something we should start exporting. I love that. And that is like, I've been to various events here in the Netherlands where the private sector was boasting on our innovative spirit. And there were delegates from, for example, South Africa that were like, hmm, you know, that we're doing better in this area, actually. So I absolutely can echo and relate to what you say. So for me, when we look at your career, your career spent from being in corporate, working for multinational organizations like Barclays, Vodafone, and others. And you have later in your career changed to become a coach, right? Including executives in similar kind of organizations. So tell us a little bit about how did your transition materialize and what were some of the things that struck you when you made a transition into the coaching space? So for me, you know, I became a coach because I remember being a young executive, 24 years old, and I was speaking to, you know, I was like battling with imposter syndrome and settling into, you know, European culture, living in London, as opposed to being in Africa. And I asked for a coach and I was given a list of coaches across the globe and I could not find a coach who understood my context, who had been an executive and understood mentally what I was going through. Of course, with coaching, it's not just about understanding and being empathetic, but you know, I wanted someone who could relate, not someone who could say, from a technical perspective, this is what needs to be done. I wanted someone who could empathize and not just empathize, but have inherent knowledge. I could not find one. And I was like, where are the African coaches? Where are the people who look like me? And in that moment, I decided I was going to start a coaching firm where people had executive experience, but they were African. And the transition for me, that inspired me becoming a coach. So I registered the business, started the business, and I did it part-time whilst in corporate. Once going full-time into coaching, it was a completely different world. My background is accounting. I worked in, you know, for banks. I worked for telecommunications. Coming into the humanity space was different. What was praised for me in corporate, which is my very analytical style, doesn't always work in coaching. So for me, there was a lot of unlearning and also a lot of releasing of how I thought it should work and allowing it to be both human driven as well as still a successful business. And obviously in starting a business, there are a lot of challenges, right? You are an entrepreneur. I come in, I was building my business 10, actually yeah, going on 11 years ago, when at a time where people didn't even know what coaching was. I remember telling my father I was gonna be a coach and he said to me, but you're an awful football player. He didn't comprehend <laughs> that I could do that from a career perspective. So it was a lot of educating before coaching. So I had to really shift my style and approach to how do I get to my target audience, educate them about what I do, let them experience the value that I do, then go ahead and start charging, which was different to what was happening, you know, in London. Like you, people knew what it was, come in, you pay, you get the service and you're out. So that was that transition for me. 
So it took a while for us to get here. And, and I found that every time I choose another country that I want to expand into, like Nigeria, Rwanda, I pack up my bags, I go and live there, understand what the landscape looks like, and then start tailoring what inherently is our IP for the market. So it's been a tough journey, but I would do it all over again if I could. Beautiful. And there's a lot of people that argue, you know, I think my clients are outside Africa. There's a lot of, there's so many beliefs that you can only make money as a coach by working with clients outside of Africa. Now you work maybe in Africa markets. So what is your perspective on that? I think it's easier outside of the continent because there's not as much there are a number of things, right? So in the very few African currencies that are stronger than the dollar or the euro. So if you are working outside of the continent, you're earning in a stronger currency, which already makes it lucrative. The amount of education that you have to do outside of the continent is limited. So those are the advantages in a market that's a little bit more advanced or more progressed in, in coaching than ours. I fundamentally believe that, you know, one of the reasons I came back from Europe was because I fundamentally believe that the success of my continent is dependent on people coming back home and investing. We'll always have the disparity between what's happening in the West or the East or Europe or America as opposed to what's happening on the continent if we're not giving the continent the same skill set, the same type of leadership, the same sort of exposure. So for me, it's important that as African coaches, we come back. The, educating, the educational piece is necessary for, until people become comfortable. Like with any technology, with any service industry, when you're the first to market, you're trailblazing, you've got more challenges, but it does not necessarily mean in the long term it's not going to be easier. The first to market will always have the advantage of first to market. So I think Africa's green fields when it comes to that. I think there's great opportunity. And if we're doing our job right as coaches, we should start seeing that impact in our leaders. We should start seeing that impact in our people. We should start eventually seeing that impact in our GDP. So it, let's be honest, Europe doesn't have much growth. Africa has immense amount of growth opportunities. So it's hard now, but we will be laughing and grateful that we invested in our continent in 20 to 30 years time. I love it. You know, sometimes Europe feels like you're in a museum. So definitely the future is, you know, Africa is now in the future. And the, the question that is, is also in the mind of a lot of our listeners is like, if I charge to fellow Africans, should I charge a lower fee for my coaching services than for global clients? Or what is your take on that? Um, so my practice is I give a special rate for African females. They do not get charged what my corporate clients get charged, they do not get charged what my European clients get charged or my American clients. And the reason for that is I'm aware that their wallet share is substantially lower. The least paid people on the continent are African women. So I don't think it's fair to in knowing that they get paid the least to charge them with the same amount as everyone else. Specifically also because I believe that though that is the target audience I'm called to serve. And serve not just from a place of these are my services, but called to serve as in this is my heart and this is my ministry and this is my calling. So I do not charge them the same as my other clients do. So, so these are in individual clients that pay the bill themselves, right? Yes. So yes. My individual clients have a substantially discounted rate as opposed to my corporate clients 
as opposed to my European or American clients. And I'm very, you... very open about that. Sorry. So the like, if you look at the coaching services that you provide, one of the things that's that I loved when like you're big on social media, like your Instagram is great. It has great videos. It has great assets. And one of the things that you said, which I particularly loved is, you know, we are all in the business of our careers, right? Like when it comes to career coaching, you're, you're helping professionals to really take the next step. And that's, uh, from what I see, that's what you have done, right? Like you have climbed the top of the ladder in corpus before you move to coaching. And that seems to be something that you're helping others with. Is that, is that a correct understanding? Yes. So what I did is I took the lessons from my own accelerated career and I realized the mindset and the belief shifts that had occurred in me that I then used this IP and I, and I funneled them specifically to career coaching. So I then went on to study coaching. I'm still doing my doctorate in coaching to make sure that what I'm putting out there is world-class and it is something I can coach in. So that's why I've niched specifically into career coaching because it's an area in my personal capacity I had mastered. I love it. And that brings me to one of the, like, it's kind of a hot debate. It seems to be in the coaching space, there's like two, yeah, two groups, right? One group says like, yeah, coaching is really about like asking the right questions and helping people to come to certain conclusions themselves. And then there's the other space that is, you know, it's broader than that. It's also helping those with your own experience to bridge that gap from where they are to where they want to be. And I'm curious how you look at this piece, because you seem to be blending your own experience in there as well, right? Creating your own IP and helping others with that. So what do you see there? What is, what is coaching really about? So the challenge, you know, I think what tends to happen and I'm very honest when I have sessions with my clients is I focus purely on coaching where it's this is our IP this is what works this is where you are asking the right questions you know being a mirror for you etc but in my sessions I also in contracting find out if they're looking purely for coaching or they're looking for mentoring as well and if they would prefer a hybrid model so my delivery, I'd say with a, probably about 95%, 100% of my clients, they want a hybrid model. Yeah. They come to me because they're like, Vumi, I saw your TED talk and I remember you said this, or I read a magazine article and you said this happened in your career. Tell me about that. Mm-hmm. If that was typical coaching, I'd be like, no, we're here to discuss you. Mm-hmm. But if it was mentorship, I'd be like, this is how I did it. But because they're wanting a hybrid, I've used coaching techniques to help shift their minds whilst infusing that with anecdotes of my own personal experience and what worked for me, while still being mindful enough to not prescribe what should happen. So I found the majority of my clients prefer that hybrid model. But of course, when I'm doing my corporate clients, I stick purely to coaching because that's what they've required and that's what they request. So I think for me in... In this industry, like you mentioned, Danny, in the age of social media, people come to you because they want an experience of you. And that experience of you doesn't require an element of vulnerability and the breaking down of some of those coaching coaching rules of engagement that in strict coaching is required. So I think that's why it's so important to find out what is your client coming to you for? 
So in those chemistry sessions, you find all of that out and you let them know that there's a difference between coaching and mentoring. Which one are you looking for? To just set the right expectations and to just be really clear about it. But what I like about that answer is that you used that word. I think it was prescribed that you use. Like we don't want to assume that we know what's, what our clients really want. Uh, so we should not dictate it. Right. So we ask the questions, we find it out, and then we give the intervention that they have asked for, or, or we feel that really works for them based on them articulating the needs. Right. So you also do work with the Haste Africa Foundation. Tell us a little bit about that. So that is my passion. Daddy, that really is, you know, one of the reasons I became a coach, and that was to be able to impact and influence other people. And with the Asset Africa Foundation, you know, we've done work up in Mosina, the border of Zimbabwe and South Africa, in Dumba, Dumba, across, you know, across various rural areas. And the foundation, in essence, exists to empower women, and it exists to help entrepreneurs, young people. So in that spaces, we give free coaching, we collaborate with organizations like Anglo to give access to people who ordinarily would not have access. And that's why the foundation exists. And I know I'm very excited that later on in the year, we're going to be having our very first inaugural Pan-African Leadership Awards, where we're going to be, it's going to be our flagship of raising funds so we can impact more people who need access to coaching but can't afford it. And for me, you know, I mentioned that coaching, I believe, is a tool, one of the levers we can use to grow the continent. So absolutely excited about what that could do. I love that work. And it's so important to democratize the access to coaching because it's, what is the point if this is just, you know, a luxury for the happy few? So that seems, that sounds like a very, very amazing endeavor. And I'm sure everybody will feel that passion that you have. Um, and we're coming to the end of the session, but just the last couple of questions. What do you think are some of the opportunities moving forward for Africa's coaches and uh, to what are the spaces that they need to move into and what are you seeing from your perspective? I think African coaches need to be comfortable, you know, coaching obviously everywhere because we want to give global perspective and I think that's going to be necessary. I do think, you know, there's, there seems to be different culture cultures across the continent. I think West Africa is definitely leading in, in growing footprint and in growing the educational precinct and growing people recognizing coaching as, as a credible um, profession. I think we need to be patient as coaches in educating in our different countries and what it is that we do. It's going to take some time, but we will get there. And I think for me, what's also important is to challenge ourselves that, yes, we want to grow our organization, but what are we doing from a philanthropic perspective? The work we do is sacred. How can we bring that sacred work to more people and really giving and not just expecting to take? And that is, it's coaching is in a way serving, right? Like it's not in a way, it is serving. And what if we can do so well with our coaching businesses that we can actually support you know, people that don't, wouldn't typically have access to our services. And that's what, what you're doing, which is incredible. I love, I love these takeaways. So when you look at the market and, and you've 
earlier said that you charge at the clients, direct clients, a little bit less than you would charge international clients. But do you feel, is there a market for the top ends for individuals? Is there a case for packaging coaching services into high ticket, high impact programs? Is that something that you see viable on the continent already, or is that too early from your perspective? I think the continent has very wealthy people. I think the continent has a middle class, and I think they've got an emerging class. So I think there's space for coaching across all the various, all those various NSMs, as we call them, all those various spaces from a financial perspective, I think there's definitely an opportunity across the board. Great. There's so many people that are thinking of this from a price point of view, like, oh, I have to charge $20 per hour for my services. Whereas, you know, as you articulated in your answer, there's a market, you just have to pick the right niche. And that niche needs to have a connection with your own superpowers, right? Like your superpower is you have been if doing, you did very well in corporates, right? And then it makes sense to go into career coaching and help others advance because you have done that thing yourself, right? So it's how do you, do you have any suggestions or recommendations for coaches to really pick their niche and what, how important is that to do that? For me, I always think that what is your pain point is your point of departure. So there's a reason you became a coach. Or there's a reason you sought out a coach. There's a reason you desire to be a coach. That is the reason you should go about fulfilling. So for me, it was being frustrated in my career and not getting the assistance I required. And I ended up becoming a career coach, studied it, mastered it, and became a career coach. So you need to go back to your why. Why do you want to be a coach? Why do you want to serve? What is that? What inspired that? And that should be the place where you focus on a niche down into. And is that important to niche down? There's also people that are saying, yeah, you know, it's niching down is over overrated. Like just kind of start and then see who you lend. What is your take on that? I think there's room for both. So they are, I think of it like medicine. In medicine, you can go to a general practitioner who's a jack of all trades and can point you into the direction of a specialist. And then there's specialists, specialist physicians, cardiothoracic surgeons, orthopedic surgeons, you know, internal medicine doctors. So I think there's room for both. Um, I think there are people who are like, you know, I'm going to be a life coach and I'm going to focus on everything. And there's some people who say, I'm going to be a transformation coach. I'm working on your mindset. I'm going to be an executive coach, a leadership coach, a career coach. So I think it's important for you to see what works for you. There's some great life coaches. I know it's something I couldn't do. I couldn't help you in every aspect of your life but I can definitely help you in your career. Absolutely. What other types of coaching do you see booming on the continent right now? I think business coaching is going to grow quite quickly as Africans are naturally quite entrepreneurial, sometimes not naturally, but also because of environment and the rise of the side hustle. I think career coaching is going to continue to grow as we see the shift and change in careers going from the typical you know, I joined an organization and I died that organization to the gig economy. Um, I think there's also going to be a shift. I think we're going to see lots of transformation coaches happen as that middle class starts to grow, as people have to transform their mindsets from that poverty experience to thriving and, and becoming wealthy and being able to compete in that space. So I think those are the, the areas I see growing. Wonderful. Do you have a final takeaway or 
recommendation for anyone that was seeking to uh, to start a coaching business? I want to remind them that the coaching business might be service, but it's still a business. And you have to be willing to put in the, the hard yards required for your business to thrive. And the second thing is that coaching is not just a business. So it is sacred work. You are in a space where you have to hold space for people who have to be vulnerable and strip themselves down. It's not a get rich quick scheme. It's really, really sacred work and we should honor it as such. I absolutely love that because when you just scroll on social media these days and you follow some coach trainers, it seems that we've kind of lost all sense of, of that sacred work. And it's about how do I make my next million, right? With my coaching business. And it's not like that. First, it doesn't happen overnight. And secondly, it's not about, it's not about that money. Money is a byproduct of providing an incredible service and you can use that money to do things like you are doing and making coaching more accessible to many people. And I think that's what you leave people with now is make this a great business so that you can actually impact more lives. That's what I'm hearing. And that is absolutely phenomenal. Fumi, I really want to thank you so much for this very valuable conversation. So how can people get in touch with you or follow you if they're interested to hear more about you? So you can follow me on social media. I am on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and it's spelled Vumi, V for victory, U, M for mother, I for India. Really, M for mother is for sugar, W-E-L-I, dash career coach, and you'll find me on all social platforms. Beautiful. Thanks again for taking the time out of your busy schedule to be with us at Coach Club Africa, the home of the heroes without the headlines. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Coach Club Africa. I trust we have inspired you today. Please follow this podcast so you will not miss out on future episodes. And do share the podcast with other coaches and leaders and leave us a review. This podcast is powered by Coach Africa, the one-stop shop for coaching in Africa. Coach Africa transforms bold dreams into reality as you step into your journey to being an exceptional coach or leader. If you would like to learn how Coach Africa can support you on your coaching or leadership journey, please visit coachafrica.org or send me a direct message through LinkedIn, Facebook or Instagram.